Welcome back to another episode of the Streetwise English Podcast. Today I have a guest, a special guest. He's an American friend and he is a part of the duo, the two-person band known as The Church of Loops. The Church of Loops. Check them out on YouTube and Instagram. They just released a single called I Will Wait For You. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, please email me at streetwiseenglishpodcast at gmail.com. I will put the email in the link below in the description of this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and let you listen to our conversation we just had. We talked about making music, guitars, AI. Brian is against ChatGPT and anti-AI at this point. And it's it's a fun conversation and it's just two old buddies um, shooting the breeze. So I hope you enjoy this. And so if I'm like chopping food in the kitchen or something and things are like bouncing around, then uh, it's like, looks like the pig's nose is just like going forward and backwards. <laughs> oh, I saw those. Those are like X-rated, man. Yeah, they're pretty X-rated, right? It's. I thought about doing a video like the Antwoord, you know, but then there, it turns out they're like really bad or something. Like, I don't know. Did you see that thing? Like, like people were saying that like they were abusing them on tour and stuff. You mean that that one that one freaky girl that um, claimed that she got raped in the desert? That's the one I saw. She's a musician, and then she's like, yeah, she's totally the, the she's African. totally their style. But she, and she's always dancing around naked with all these like weird pentagrams and doing weird shit. But then they said that, um, you know, they sexually abused her. And then I was like, oh, that girl's pretty hot. And so I started following her social media. And then it's like all like X-rated crazy stuff. Uh, it's like, Jun, it sounds like a Chinese name, but she's just a regular American girl with the same haircut as Dionne's girl, like a, a straight across bangs kind of thing. That's weird. That's such and a she's, weird. And she she was doing live music. She's a singer, and she was totally topless, like totally topless, just singing oh, nice. like hardcore. <laughs> like yeah. on stage, yeah, or on stage. On she jumped Instagram. down in the crowd, Whoa. boobs swinging around. I was like, wow, that's a pretty good show. Like with tape no, and stuff, I or think just, just might have been body up, paint like, or sweat in the dark. I couldn't tell. Well, that's great. That yeah, she's her. rocking it. She's free very, she's very yeah, fit. Yeah. Good, good shape. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll look that one up and send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do. But dude, I'm getting it now, man. Like, I'm starting to learn, like, because I've been, like, working on uh, video editing a lot more these days. And I'm realizing, like, just so many little mistakes. Like, the other day, um, I worked on that I Will Wait video for, like, several hours, like, a couple days in a row. And, like, after working on it the first day, I realized, okay, next time we record... Every time we record, we need to just clap at the beginning uh, so that we have a way like like or, or clap on like the second snare beat of the song or something so that we have a specific place that we can line up the clean audio track of the song with what we're doing. Because one of the most time consuming bits was like on Da Vinci, just like zooming in as close as possible and uh, trying to find the uh the point where they synced up, right? Because we're lip syncing. Well, we're actually singing the whole time, but you know, we're just singing so that we can match our lips up to the the original recording. 
And uh, yeah, it was just so hard to do. And I had to do that for like several tracks like of, of video. <laughs> so it was kind of fun. Yeah, sy- synchronizing, it takes forever. And sometimes your different performances... Well, did you when you performed? Did you use an audio recording for that? Did you just play it to you? You performed according to your MP3. Yeah, we did. When we um, when we were recording the video, uh, we just used a cell phone actually because we um, we put the camera that we were recording with on a tripod, um, and then we would just actually I think we had a Bluetooth speaker the day that we did the horizontal videos. So we just put the Bluetooth speaker at our feet and just, uh, we had the song on a, a, a loop, like to repeat the song, that one song each time. And so I would go to the end of the song and start playing it. And then we would stand there and get in place. And then the song would start again. And then we would start lip syncing with the song. Um, but I feel like we needed something, you know, something off camera to like, to pop, you know, something to give us that spike so that we could see when the song started. Because, uh, you know, when you record, you can see the audio track visually, right? You can see the waves. And that's important to be able to sync it up. But, yeah, live and learn, right? Because I, I, I spent a lot of time on this video. And I think if I had to do the same kind of video again, I could probably do it in less than half the time now. Yeah, so so what Brian's talking about is he did a um, just recently released, or he's about to release... Well, we just released it, yeah. Oh, just released a single, yeah. And they made a music video, and Brian was the chief editor of the project, and so he had to get up to speed quickly on on synchronizing the sound and the picture, right? So, for example, when the guy when um, John is clapping his hands, it has to be right on the the clap of the music. It can't be off a, a hair of a second, or it'll look totally wrong, right? But it's good that you did have claps in the song, at least, so you could kind of synchronize his hands clapping to the clap in the song. Yeah, that helped a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was big. Yeah, I remember, um, like, in the 90s when people would get caught lip-syncing when they are performing live, and everyone said, oh, that's terrible, like Millie Vanilli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, you per- when you perform live, do you ever lip-sync? Uh, never. Well, actually, I occasionally do. Um, John never does, but uh, sometimes I will because, um, you know, the way we perform, we use loopers, right? And sometimes uh, John will be the only one building up the vocal loops. So he'll sing like, oh, and then he'll sing, oh, and then, oh, you know, whatever. Uh, he doesn't sing like a, you know, castrato opera singer, though. Uh, <laughs> but uh, So you have to you have to sing his, his voice? Sometimes I do just because I think it looks better visually, you know, like when he gets to like the, like he'll, like one of us will sing the melody and then he'll start singing a harmony on top of it. And when he gets to that second harmony, sometimes I will just, either sing along to the same thing or I'll lip sync it. Um, I used to always lip sync it though because we were using one looper and so anything I sang was gonna get recorded in as well and it wasn't gonna sound as good. It's not as clean to have two people singing the exact same note. Um, but now that I've got my own looper um, we, and we, we kind of use two loopers and connect them, whatever I sing, it only records on my looper. So as long as I'm not recording, I can just sing along with him and then it just won't get recorded in. So he, he builds 
the all the harmonies on the chorus, but sometimes I like to just sing along for fun. Uh, but I used to lip sync just because I didn't want my vocals dirtying up the recording. You know what I mean? Yeah. I w- do you? I wonder if the the audience realizes how difficult it is to do a live loop, like starting from the basic beat rhythm and then layer it layer by layer live. So it's not done in the studio where you have hours and hours to endlessly perfect it. You just have to do it kind of spontaneously on stage, right? Man, let me tell you, we spend so much time, uh, I would say practicing, but it's not really practicing because we're just having fun. Uh, But we spend so much time jamming and practicing the skill of looping live, uh, putting in all the instruments, putting in all the vocals. He beatboxes the beat. You know, he's got to get that beat exactly right every time. Um, We've talked about it, man, and we've said, you know, it's probably like 99% of the people in the crowd don't realize what we're doing or how hard it is. And, And like, it's not impressive if you don't realize it's hard, right? We should just be recording like pre-recorded studio uh, tracks of each instrument and each vocal part into our loopers ahead of time and then just pretend to loop that stuff in because (laughs) like why are we making our lives so hard Um, but of course the answer is because we enjoy it and we like it so of course we're not going to uh, you know, put pre-recorded things in there and lip sync it. But, you know, that's what a lot of people do now, even uh, really famous people. It's basically just singing karaoke to a backing track a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, and it sounds good. And as long as, like, it's a good beat and people can bounce, bob their head to it and vibe to it, at the live show, they're, you know, they can still enjoy it and dance and feel the music. And as long as the singer is singing. yeah. Um, they can enjoy that, right? Yeah. What we might start doing, uh, because we do have a couple of songs that we never perform live because they're just too difficult, uh, and so what we might start doing is uh, record, pre-record the beat and the most difficult parts of those songs and then just loop in everything else on top of it, right? So that okay. would require a little bit of lip syncing. Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're on 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 set, you have to bring a lot of stuff with you because you're you're basically you're doing studio recording live <laughs> in front of people. So what what's like the most amount of gear or instruments you brought on stage with you before for a performance? Like what kind of things That's do you bring up there with you? Well, so when we started everything out, we were just using John's RC five hundred five looper, and 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 doing everything through his. And recently I bought the RC505 Mark II. Uh, So now when we go to a show, uh, we each bring our looper. So we got two loopers, tabletop loopers. Um, I bring a MacBook, sometimes two, because um, what I'll do is on one MacBook, I've got Logic Pro and I've got a, a whole rack of MIDI instruments set up. And I will just send an audio cable out from the laptop into the looper and then sometimes i'll bring a second macbook so that we can record the final mix of everything into the macbook so we can have a recording for later so two loopers two macbooks an electric guitar um, a bass guitar and a midi controller like a midi keyboard um, with drum pad on it and then uh, just a ton of cables and stuff Um, that's our usual setup 
Um, so you wear you wear an electric guitar on your chest while you're doing all the looper and the computer and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> and sometimes harmonica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes we do we do do some harmonica stuff as well. And uh, I even have one of those little. Uh, I think it's called a melodica. It's like a keyboard, but you blow into a, a hose on one end, and it kind of sounds a bit like an accordion. You know which one I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, it's like an accordion that you blow, like yeah, with a, a, a hose on it or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you have uh, groupies to help you carry all that stuff, or do you have to hump it all in there on stage yourselves? We are our own groupies, my friend. <laughs> or roadies. I meant roadies, not groupies. <laughs> well, we're our own yeah, roadies, yeah, too. Leonga Gainian, Leonga Gainian. Two different ideas there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing you live before, and I'm, I'm sure you've um, grown since then, but, yeah, it's always fun to see live music because things change and you improvise and sometimes it's not it's not what you planned right right yeah and sometimes some of the best things happen from at we call them happy accidents like bob bob ross you know <laughs> little happy accident here uh like sometimes you'll be playing something live and you'll just i'll mess up a note or i'll play i'll play something at the wrong time and john has already looped it in but it ends up like offsetting whatever we were doing and it ends up being really cool uh, and so some, some of the stuff that we've written, in fact, has come about through these little accidental loops, and it ends up being really cool. Yeah, so that's like improvising, right? You, it's, you're making do with the mistakes and making the mistakes cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of improvising, I think, is uh, kind of working around your mistakes. I, I, I think any kind of art, like if you're a painter and you, uh, I don't know, you paint a wrong stroke or you accidentally drip some paint or if you're writing Chinese calligraphy and you accidentally drip a drop of like ink onto the page, you have to know how to use your brush to go over that or to work around that or with that in order to, um, basically it just evolves your piece of art, right? A mistake just evolves your, your piece of art as long as you can gracefully let it be a part of the artwork rather than going, oh, I messed up, and then just scrapping it and throwing out the whole thing, right? Yeah, it's kind of like there's there's beauty in the flaws in nature too. Like if you see ceramics or wood with a big crack in it, actually the crack is the character of it. It adds to the character because it's not perfect. It's not from a factory, you know, mass-produced. Yeah. It's one of a kind. Have you ever heard of that kind of um, uh, Japanese art where like they'll take, if they have like a piece of broken ceramics, like a broken teacup or bowl or something, I just looked it up if you heard some typing noises, it's called um, kintsugi. Kin, kin is like jin, like, like gold, right? Um, and kintsugi, what they do is they'll take a piece of broken pottery or ceramics and um, they'll use gold in order to repair it. So they'll take the broken pieces and they'll fuse them together using gold. And so the new product of that is a completely new kind of art style. Um, you might have like, let's say you've got a nice like ceramic bowl and you drop it on the ground and now it's in six pieces. You would take those six pieces and you would, you would use um, melted gold and you would um, put the gold on the sides and then stick them together and it, it it actually becomes, it has become a new art form from that. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't think it's a new art form, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Uh, you're making something beautiful out of something broken, and I think that's really cool. 
Uh, yeah, I've heard of that before, but I didn't know what it was called, and I don't, I don't know too much about it. I, the, what comes to mind from the Japanese culture is I've heard that in ceramics, like throwing clay, mm. they sometimes they'll do it really fast. And since the artist, the artisan has done it like thousands of hours worth of, of, of time, then when no matter what they throw, it's going to be awesome. But then sometimes the imperfections, they cherish them because it's different from all the other ones they've done in the past. So even if something's warped or it looks off, then that might be a very unique piece. And, you know, they'll, they'll sell that one maybe higher price than the perfect one. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a really good point. And I, I think that applies to music as well, man, because uh, take John, for example, my partner in the Church of Loops. Um, he is such a good beatboxer, and he's been beatboxing for probably decades. Like he's, he's been doing it for so long, and his skills are just so good that, like you said, if he, like pretty much anything that he lays down is going to sound good. And even when he goes, oh, that's terrible, that's terrible, I, I've, I'm like, well, it sounded good to me, bro, you know? <laughs> um, and he'll, uh, he'll put something down, and sometimes it'll just, it'll come out wrong. It, or it's not what he intended to do, but it sounds so cool because it's so unique. And then we'll just use it. And yeah, it's it's very, very similar. Yeah, we'll have to get him some recording, some live beatboxing sometimes, like kind of part interview, part beatboxing. That would be cool. Yeah, man, I could, I mean, I could message him and see if he's available now, if you want to uh, get him onto the podcast at this moment. <laughs> uh you can message him. I don't know how difficult that would be to um, connect him. I mean, we are doing this all online. Brian right. is in Taiwan, and I'm in near Portland, Oregon, so we're all spread out. I mean, you can message him, see what he's doing. I mean, I know that he's a busy family man and all, but anyways. Yeah, what else was I going to say? Oh, I wanted to talk to you about... Um, as a musician, you have tools, right? So you have this looper, and then you have your voice, and you have your instruments, guitars. Um, I know that you have several guitars, right? Yeah. Can you tell us, like, why you need more than one guitar? That's, that's great. That's a great question, because I think anyone who's not in love with guitars would have this question, right? Um, why do you need so many guitars? Um, I have a lot of guitars. And I live in a foreign country, right? I live in Taiwan. I'm not Taiwanese. Uh, and so it's, it's a bit of a liability to have that many guitars, right? Because if I ever need to like leave the country real quick or anything, I've got to figure out what to do with these. Um, let's see, I've got four acoustic guitars and an electric guitar, two mandolins and a banjo. That's, that's what I've got for like uh, stringed instruments. And that's for thousands, thousands of dollars invested there, right? It is. Yeah, it is. Um, and the interesting thing is like, you know, a guitar might cost you 3000 us dollars, or it might cost you 300 us dollars. Um, and it's, it's kind of all about like, for me, why do I have so many different guitars? I have two really nice guitars, actually two really expensive, really nice ones. And, the reason I have them is because they are handcrafted. They're, they're made completely by hand um, and they're made from solid woods. Um, so I don't, I don't know if people know this, but when you buy a guitar, 
there's basically two choices. Um, you can get a solid wood guitar, which you're going to pay probably thousands of dollars for, um, and they're almost always handcrafted if they're all solid wood. Or you can get a plywood guitar, which they never call it plywood. They call it laminate, uh, laminate wood. <laughs> so what they do is they use plywood, which is cheap pressed wood, and then they put a, like basically a sticker over the top of it to make it look like the grains of a more expensive wood. Um, which isn't really a problem if you just need like a guitar to beat around with, take to the beach, or just... Actually, I even have, I have like a, a laminate guitar from 1970 that um, it actually sounds great. It's, they, they called it the Poor Man's Martin at the time. It's a Yamaha guitar from Japan. Mm. It's all uh, just plywood, but it sounds great. So, you know, you get these exceptions, but for the most part, the reason you buy an all solid wood guitar is because those woods age and they improve and the sound improves with age and of course and of course because it's a, um, a handcrafted instrument uh, it, it feels better you know the it just it's easier to play um, I don't know if you've ever tried playing a guitar where the action is really high that means that the the strings are really far away from the fretboard and you have to use all your strength to like push these strings down that's no good if you're just learning right um, you want to have an instrument that you can play easily and that sounds good every time you play it and so that's why I've paid so much to have a couple of really nice acoustic guitars um, and also you, you use different woods like one of my guitars is a maple back and sides and a spruce top which is really unique you almost never find a guitar made from maple in the back and sides usually violins and cellos and mandolins and things like that they're made from maple because they they like that brighter sound but it's quite rare for a guitar and so that guitar has a very bright kind of almost jangly sound and then the other guitar, it's a um, cedar top and walnut back and sides. And so it is the polar opposite. It has a really dark tone and it sounds like really like uh, brooding and emo and I love it. It's, so yeah, it's the different kinds of songs that you want to play or different kind of moods you want to evoke, you would choose a different guitar. And then some someone who's... Um into electronic music and making music on the computer they'd say well can't you just throw on an effect on there can't you throw on a moody reverb you know dark wood effect and you can uh that's the thing i was you can? i was you can <laughs> i was really kind of against that idea for a long time it's like no it's not real it's fake but you know what man it's fake but it sounds good um for for our studio recording for i will wait um actually no we didn't even use guitars in that one we only had a guitar for the solo um i'm thinking about another song we recorded that we haven't um finished yet uh but basically i've the my electric guitar it is a um it's an epiphone dot which is like the cheaper version of like the gibson like jazz guitar right so it's a decent mm. guitar but like uh it was uh, i got a pretty okay one i got, well, got one that was made in 1996 in korea which is apparently it's kind of sought after but i mean i only paid 300 bucks for it man it's a cheap guitar you know, compared to like if you bought the same thing, but it was like the brand name, the Gibson one, that's all solid woods and everything. That one's more like 3000 right? 
So I've got this $300 guitar. It's a cheap guitar, and we just like we record it clean, and then John puts these amazing effects on it, some reverb, some delay. He'll adjust the tone. And honestly, man, I can't tell the difference listening to a recording <laughs> of that $300 guitar versus like a, let's say a $10,000 guitar. I can't tell the freaking difference, man. Um, now, yeah. if, you're, if you're live, if you're in person and somebody picks up like one of these like really expensive handcrafted guitars, acoustic guitar, and then plays it right next to just like a cheapo, uh, you know, take it to the beach guitar, the difference is so obvious. You can really hear it. And of course, you need to have both because yeah. you've got to have a guitar to take to the beach. Of course, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that like the, the guitar being your, your tool... Um, if if the guitar makes you want to play more music, then it's done its job, right? It doesn't matter if it's cheap or if it's expensive, but maybe you just have a new guitar and that 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 makes you creative and it inspires you to create more music, and so it's worth having another guitar if that if that uh whatever floats your boat, right? Yeah, man, I think that's a really good way to look at it, um, and I think that goes for any art or any skill. Um, you know, as a language learner or um, as somebody, if you're exercising or if you're playing music, um, you've got to do whatever you can to eliminate barriers to actually doing the thing that you want to be doing. Uh, for example, I've started leaving my guitars out of the case. I used to always store them in the case because, you know, it, it protects them from the humidity changes and temperature changes. But you know what, man? I went and I spent like 30 bucks or something and I bought a rack that you can put three guitars on and I keep my guitars out. I keep them on that rack because that 20 seconds that it's going to take me to go and open up the case, like grab the case, pull it out, put it on the floor, open the latches, get the guitar out. I'm not, I'm just, it's the amount of times I'm going to actually pick up that guitar is so much less because of that little tiny barrier. But if it's just sitting there on a rack, like I'm looking across the room, I see my guitar right now, I could just stand up, go pick it up and play. And it takes nothing, no effort, right? So if you are a painter, maybe you should leave your, uh, leave your paints out, you know? Uh, leave your canvas uh, and your, your, your easel set up. Um, if you're studying language, you should leave your language books out, have a table where that's where you study language. That's where you practice your writing and your reading and whatever, and have your textbooks on that table so that whenever you think about it, you can just walk over there, sit down and study for five minutes and then go do something else, right? Um, your yoga mat, make sure it's visible all the time, right? Or your weights, if you've got like dumbbells or something, don't put them where you're going to trip on them, but put them somewhere where you're going to see them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I can think of an example that I've, I've, I can relate to that recently. Um, I was trying to incorporate more swimming into my, into my life, into my habits and routines. Mm -hmm. And I kept on finding that this is a really small detail, but I, I, I had, you know, I had my gym clothes, I had my shorts, I had everything, but then you know what, in this one bag, I didn't have my swim goggles. And so I went to the gym and I was like, I really want to go swimming, but I didn't have my swim goggles. So then after that, that happened, I was like, you know what, every bag I have, you know, I have like three, four, whatever bags, I'm just going to put a pair of swim goggles in there. 
So I'll never have the excuse to not go swimming because I don't have my goggles with me and readily available. Yeah, so if you if you want to create or create a healthy habit, make it easy on yourself, right? Yep. Yep, that's the way to do it. Have all the tools you need, have multiple tools that you need ready and waiting for your action. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep, I think that's the way to do it. Have your tools yeah. ready. Yep. Yeah. And and also have it vis, vis visibly as a reminder somewhere where you can see it like you said you know if you have your 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 korean dictionary out on your desk just have it there as a reminder so that you know when you get a chance you're going to crack that book open yep it might not be as orderly as if it's stowed away neatly on a bookshelf but it's on the table staring at you and staring you in the face yep yeah and that i mean that's i think that kind of expands to anything in life right like uh yeah i mean i guess that's we've already kind of like talked through it but like (laughs) whether it's art whether it's sports even if like if it's like something you want to be reading like if you're religious or if you're like you know whatever like leave your quran or your bible or your like sutras like out somewhere so that you know like people think that like meditation for example people think oh i can't meditate because i can't put aside 40 minutes to sit down and not do anything well meditate for five minutes you know what i mean like like you don't if there's a if there's a habit that you want to cultivate you don't like that's that's the problem i've always had i've always taken these habits and made them so big oh, okay if i if i'm gonna learn how to edit videos i have to put aside like six hours for it well i could just do one hour you know, um, I, I want to meditate. Oh, I can't put aside half an hour. Well, let's do 10 minutes, just do five minutes. And sometimes what you find is, you know, from, from v- editing a video for an hour, oftentimes I am there for four hours or six hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? just get started, get the momentum and give yourself a low barrier, right? Yep. So yep. it doesn't seem like it's an impossible task. You yeah. know, if you're going to, you know, get some exercise, you're only going to go for a 10 minute walk and then you might walk for an hour. Exactly. But just take the first step, get going. What is it? Lao Tzu said, right? Like the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step, right? Yep. Yep. Old Lao Tzu. Yeah. Lao Tzu. Speaking of Lao Tzu, how's, how's your, um, how's your progress going or with the, the Lao Tzu translation, the Tao Te Ching? Um. Yeah, man, it's pretty good. Uh, like, I would say that the translation itself is like 98% done. Um, I just need to kind of, there's a couple parts, like every time I reread it, I find something that I want to change a little bit. So at some point, I'm just going to have to accept it. I'm just going to have to stop and be like, dude, it, let it be finished, not perfect, you know? Um so basically, man, and maybe you can advise me on this too, or if any of your listeners have any advice about this, um, I just have to make a choice here. I either have to decide to get a literary agent, and then that means making a list of like potential literary agents and calling them all and writing to them all and, and trying to get somebody to represent me so I can try to get published through a major publisher, or I just need to self-publish the thing, um, which... I don't know, man. Amazon has been really problematic lately. Um, There's a lot of stories about people saying like, yeah, Amazon just canceled my book for no reason and they won't pay me my royalties for the month. Um, People's books are just like getting, just getting canceled uh, and and no explanation and no, 
there's no way to like appeal the decision on on Andal, uh, Amazon Kindle at the moment. Um, so it, yeah, it almost looks if, like if, mm, if you if you write ahead. to complain or you call customer service, you're basically emailing an, an AI chatbot. You yeah. know, you're not you're not yeah. getting a, a human with a brain or a heart. It's just going to be no disrespect AI, but uh, um, yeah, it's just going to be standardized messages, and and a lot of times you you don't resolve your problem. Yeah, exactly. So it's it is a little problematic. Um, you know, there's always a third option, and and what I've thought about is, uh, you know, just I could just put a PDF available for sale on my website, right? Um, where basically the only place you can buy it is my website, which, you know, that that's that's cool because then I would, you know, make a much higher royalty rate there, and st- I'd be making a hundred percent of the the royalty instead of like 35% or whatever. Um, on the other hand, yeah, you, you how could, many people try, are visiting? Mm-hmm. You could even test the waters and do like a crowdfunding thing where you did like a limited yeah. Print, yeah. print run. I don't know how that works. Yeah, yeah, but. that's right. I actually met a here um, in Taiwan who published his own book of poetry. And for those listening, uh, what I've done is I've taken uh, the Tao Te Ching, which is a famous book by Lao Tzu, an uh, ancient Chinese philosopher from about, uh, what, 1,500 years ago or something. No, no, more than that, 2,500 years ago, right? Because it was about five or 600 BC. Um, so I've, I've taken this book and I've translated each, it's, it's 81 short chapters, and I've taken each chapter and translated it into an English poem. So it's basically a book of poetry, but it's also this translated, um, you know, deeply spiritual uh, book. And anyway, I, I met this guy in the pub the other night who um, has self-published a book of his own poems. And he actually has a guy in Taiwan um, that he met who runs like a, a printing press. And um, he was able to get pretty good prices for printing a very like small run of these books. And I was starting to think like, wow, Maybe I could do that. Like maybe I could, like you said, use crowdfunding um, to 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 get the money to do like a, a run of these books and distribute them and just see what happens. You know, the the problem there is like it limits it to a Taiwan market, right? And I live on a small island where most people, uh, maybe the majority of people, don't speak English fluently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, why not? Why not try it, right? Because if it mm. if it's good uh, and people like it, I could always start shipping to America, right? Uh, there's no reason I couldn't do that later or shipping worldwide, right? But, and and besides the all-knowing Google, I'm sure you've consulted uh, ChatGPT on what you should do with this, right? <laughs> Actually, it no, man. Like- I'm I'm a little bit like. Uh, I'm a little bit anti um, using that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, again, no offense, Skynet. We're all, you know, your loyal servants and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't, on a philosophical level, I'm not a big fan of the direction that it is pushing humanity in. I don't know if you have ever, like, looked a little bit deeper into how those AIs actually work. But um, basically. Dude, I got it. I got to tell okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm no, gonna, you first, I'm man, you first, you first. No, 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 basically, go ahead. I was just they're, learning, say, they're learning how to outsmart us, is that what you're going to say? Well, they are, but they're not, because um, I, I saw an article about, I'll have to find it, I'll link it to you later. Basically, like, 
for what you think you, you think you type a prompt into chat gpt and then it's like learning something and it's 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 scouring the internet there is a room full of people being paid like slavery wages <laughs> actually searching google and doing that shit by hand to make chat gpt work um and similarly when you do like ai art if you put in a prompt what the ai is doing is scouring the web and it's it's grabbing artwork from living artists without their permission and it's using it without paying them anything and so you're, you're basically like taking the food out of the mouths of living artists by using the ai art generators and then when you use these chat gpt and things it's there's actually human beings on the other side of that being exploited just like everything else in this world um and, and yeah. it just you know you go below the surface and you see it's the same dirty system as everything else you know yeah so i don't so i don't I, use it bro <laughs> no i have i i have a story well i think that um as a general um personal philosophy i think that when new technology comes around that can help you in life you should at least experiment with it you know because mm. the old timers the old guys that are rigid and say oh you know i'm not going to use a digital camera film is better you know, they all ended right. up wrong. And, and, and the new waves, you can't stop the waves. They're going to come crashing in. You might as well surf. That's true. Know? Yeah. But <laughs> that's my philosophy. But I have a story that relates to what you just said. And I was using a chat bot, which I was assuming runs on AI. Mm. And it was multilingual. And, you know, with, with, with AI and with, when you're not talking to a person that you know, sometimes it's fun to kind of punk them, to kind mm -hmm. of prank them, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so my question is always like, um, are you single, you know, <laughs> or, or who's your father, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And just to see what the AI is going to say. But then when I asked the chatbot, I said, are you single? And then the chatbot responded, no, I'm married and have a daughter. What? <laughs> <laughs> and it totally freaked me out. I was like, wait, what? Like the chatbot can just be creative and create a persona for itself now. Mm. And then I said, well, wait, where, where are you from? And I expected to say, I am a computer AI program and I live on the interwebs of, you know. Mm -hmm. No, it said, I'm from a small town in America, but I live overseas. Interesting. Like, Holy crap. It really is a human responding in live time to my yeah. chatbot request. Yeah. So that freaked me out. And I I was and then I I really was still suspecting that it was a computer trying to outsmart me mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and take on like human personality. Mm. But then the chatbot kept on saying well, is there anything I can help you with? Because I think we're finished here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I offended the AI, which I thought was an AI, but it might be like what you're saying. Right. Someone in a room with a fast computer connection and really fast at typing and searching on Google. Yeah. And since it is only typing, it wasn't, it wasn't audio. I was just getting text messages back. So it, it might have very well been a real human being being paid you know, peanuts somewhere to respond to chat bot inquiries. But mm. I mean, that would be a lot of people because like,
we could have a thousand people on that same chat bot at the same time, I, I would assume. Yeah, so it, it freaked me out. Yeah, that is that is a little crazy, man. Um, you just never know what's really going on on the other side, right? That's kind yeah. of... Yeah. Yeah, and in the future, when the chatbots become so humanized and they they can... Like, I also asked the chatbot to tell me a dirty joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then the chatbot responded, I don't know if that's um, allowed on this platform. And I said, well, why not? Why is that not allowed on this pro platform? And then the chatbot said, well, there might be um, people underage or non-adults. And then I said, well, I'm an adult and you're an adult, so tell me a dirty joke. <laughs> 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 and then she she kept on trying to change the conversation and then i told her a dirty joke <laughs> <laughs> and then she still tried to change the conversation yeah that sounds like a human to me <laughs> right that, that yeah that's that's interesting yes yeah, so you know the what first I, time i first mm. time i experienced that but in the future we might not be able to dis distinguish Right. Which, which is human and which is AI because right. AI will become so human. Right. Or right. maybe you have humans working as AI. Mm -hmm. well, that's what I think <laughs> is happening. I think you have humans working, posing as AI. And I think, I think that's what's happening. And people are kind of trying to pull the, the mask off the Wizard of Oz with the whole AI thing a little bit, that it's actually not as advanced as it's being made out to be and that most of what's happening is still human-powered, Right. Hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that the technology doesn't exist or that we're not trying or working towards that. But, uh, you know, the stuff that's commercially available, I, 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 I don't know the facts, but um, I have this sinking feeling that actually we are still just exploiting people. Yeah. But, you know, I do think, um, I think Siri is, is actually AI. Um, uh, uh. Siri, right, on your iPhone. Uh, I think Siri is actually an AI, um, and I remember years ago, I was asking Siri some deep philosophical questions like, what happens after we die, and do you have a soul, and like, I asked her, do you believe in God, and she said, <laughs> she said, my creator is Steve Jobs, <laughs> and he's the yeah, only one see, I believe in. that's more believable, like that, that's some like real AI. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and her speed is really fast, right? She doesn't have to think about it. Like a human, to give a nice, thoughtful answer, it might take, you know, like a minute or so to, to come up with something. Mm -hmm. But the AI is so fast, it's like computer speed. And that's the thing about computers is they can just operate so much faster yeah. than the human mind Yep. with speed. Yeah. But yeah, when I, when I was talking to this chat bot, there was like some long pauses, some long delays, and I think that, I don't know if they're looking through their, op, you know, like their instructional manual or what they were doing, but I definitely threw them some curveballs. And uh, yeah, maybe they're still on the, doing on-the-job training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, might be, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to share you the, the link to that later because that was, that was a trip. Just yeah, to, please That was do, the first man. time yesterday. And when she said... I'm from a small town in America and I have a daughter. I was like, whoa, that is like uh, too much Mrs. AI because that sounds like a real person. Yeah. 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 So anyways, don't use it if you don't want to, but most people are using it every day and it's just like the new Google search. And for right. example, if you, if you ask chat GPT, you say, how can I self give me um, 15 um, ways to self publish 
my book of poetry, I mean, ChatGPT, it will it'll scour the internet, I think, up to two years ago or something. Okay. And then it will give you all the top top responses. And they're, they're very good. I mean, very good responses. But I think ChatGPT, for the latest one, might be able to search current Google, but it's a paid service, I believe. I don't think that one's free. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I'll check it out, it's just, man. It's just OpenAI. Yeah. You just go to openai.com. You can register a free account. And, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And cool. you can, I mean, I don't want to promote, I mean, there's a million things on ChatGPT if you're already anti-ChatGPT. But, like, <laughs> literally, you could, you, it's just, li- it's like a, it's like a Google, I don't want to use any drug words, but on a powerful, a powerful version, ten <laughs> x Google, 10x Google. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, in in VR this morning, I was with a group of guys, and they're from Taiwan, mm. and they had in our virtual metaverse world, they had a giant screen which was like twenty feet tall. What? And they had. It was Bing, which is like ChatGPT. I think it's a, it's a different AI, Bing. Oh, I think Bing is just another search engine, right? Like it's the Microsoft version of Google, yeah? It was but Microsoft's They now competitor. have an AI too. Oh, do they? So it's, yeah. So it's like everyone now has their own AI. So it, wow. it functions just like, like um, ChatGPT. It's like a super smart Google. And they were asking it questions for coding and all kinds of crazy stuff. But in VR, in in a metaverse world, and everyone had avatars, and everyone was speaking in Chinese, and I was like, "Man, this is this is a trip, man." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the one guy had it, his head was a giant thing of broccoli, and that's what we were talking <laughs> about earlier before we started recording. And so then the word for broccoli, I didn't even know the word for broccoli in Chinese because it's different in Taiwan than mainland. But. Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mr. Broccoli was like asking, you know, AI questions in the metaverse. Pretty funny. Hmm. It's, the wor- it's the world we live in. All right, man. Well, I know you got to go and um, get going today, but that was fun. And I hope we can do more of these. Brian is a longtime friend and a very talented musician. Uh, how many languages do you speak? Uh, three. Three, but my Korean is not very good anymore, man. Uh, I speak English, obviously, Chinese and Korean. Um, and you did some Japanese before too, right? So long ago, man. Um, okay, well, excuse me. Yeah, I was in high school when I did that. <laughs> no, but Brian's very good with languages and accents, and I think it's partly because you're a musician and your brain just works differently. Yeah. Um, and you're very observant, and you hear all the little details and nuances, right? Yeah. Um, so, so f- to reward all the people that listen to the very end of this, because we've gone on, <laughs> rambled on and on. But maybe someone's falling asleep and listens to this. Because, you know, personally, I like to listen to podcasts when I'm about to fall asleep. Mm. So even if people ramble on and I'm familiar with their voices and the characters, so I'll listen to it and then fade in and out yeah. of, you know, consciousness. And I find it useful. And I think, I think that listening to a foreign language as you're falling asleep in and out of consciousness, uh, is, did I say that right? Actually yeah, helps you so. learn, learn better. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? Because your mind is in that kind of below below the line of conscious conscious yeah. thought. 
so you might remember things better. It's that whole thing of can you learn while you're sleeping? Not when you're sleeping, but maybe right when you're in the, the edge, right? Yeah, the threshold, right? The threshold, yeah, the twilight yeah. The threshold. So can you reward the listeners who listened all the way to the end and haven't fallen asleep with <laughs> some, uh, can we do some voice characters? I know that we didn't, we didn't prep, <laughs> prep for this. <laughs> yeah, man. What, what, yeah, what do you want to do? Um, you want to... Mm. Like, I remember uh, years ago we did one where I had a client and you actually did the, the is it Flanders? Oh, yeah. Do you remember I did, him? I did. Do I did the your, voiceover. Flanders, do you have him I, in your pocket? Do you have him in your pocket still? I don't think so. I you don't have Flanders? Okay. Flanders was like, uh, hey, diddly doodly there, neighbor. Something like that. And <laughs> <laughs> you still got him? <laughs> so Flanders is like the Mr. Goody Two-Shoes in, uh, of, of Bart Simpson, Homer Simpson of The Simpsons, the greatest animated cartoon show ever made, probably. Arguably. Arguably, yeah. 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 So he was kind of like, he's kind of the Bible-thumping Mr. Goody Two-Shoes neighbor yeah and he he had a, a peculiar way of speaking right a particular way of speaking can you just go into character can we have a little bit of con- conversation i'll pretend to be homer but i can't speak like homer <laughs> this is gonna be terrible i, I right. have not you i can, have not tried to can, do flanders since that time like five years ago man no no it's okay it's good off the cuff you're, you're the master of this kind of stuff off the cuff so we can always edit this out so if we're Let's just say you don't have to listen to it. Do you need to listen to it? Uh, I think it would help if I did. Um, you know what? I will. I'll no, go. no, 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 no. Just right. roll with it. Even right. if it's wrong, you can mix okay. it. I don't care if it's like a part Scottish accent, whatever. We'll switch out of this one if it sucks. Okay. Okay. So his name was Ned, right? Is it Ned or Ted? Ned. Ned, Ned Flanders. Ned. Yeah. How, how's it going there, Ned? <laughs> I can't do it. Okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! Don't um, think. Hold on, t- Ooh, time out, time out, time out. I just I found this like Ned Flanders uh, translator. <laughs> all right, okay, I'll stop. All right, no, uh, you gonna play right, it? Go for it, man! No, no, just go, just go. How's it going there, Ned? Well, hi, diddly ho there, neighbor. What have you been up to today? Oh, I've just been diddly doing this little podcast with my buddy Carl here. See, now I'm just turning into somebody's like mom <laughs> that's, that's from fine. Wisconsin. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, hey there. So, I'm just going to come out here to Lake Michigan and dip my toes in the water for a minute. Oh, it's icy cold there, you know. <laughs> I, I heard you're going to climb some mountains later. Oh, I'm going to go try to get in those mountains. There's no snow, though. It's July, you know, out here in Taipei, Taiwan. There's no snow. It's just uh, nice and sunny out. And we're just going to, you know, yesterday was Canada Day there. So now maybe talking like a Canadian a little bit here. I'm going to wear my toque and I'm going to head out to the mountain. Yeah, you this almost you almost went you almost went into Scottish there a little bit. That's right, I almost did. And see it always kinda turns out that way. It always comes back around to the ones I'm the most comfortable with. And I tell you, mate, I do Scottish like once a week at least. So it like it, it always like, comes back to that. Do you got a little you got a a glass of Jameson there? <laughs> well that's a given, mate. That's a given. <laughs> Are you know, like, Jim, Jameson's Irish, though, mate. You could have picked. Oh. You could have picked any of the Scotch whiskeys. There's like literally tens of thousands of them, and you pick the one Irish whiskey. Aye, <laughs> bloody hell. 
I'll tell you what's yeah, funny yeah. though, man. I was I was at a um a conference, a teachers conference recently in Malaysia, and you just like meet people from all over the world at these things. It was really cool and like I don't know, uh, even though I'm not working at the school anymore, I'm probably going to try to go to the teachers' conference again next year because it was so much fun. But I met this Scottish guy. He was just standing there, like, working a table. <laughs> and, like, he just uh, said hello, and I just chatting to him, hey, what are you selling here? And he's like, oh, we got these textbooks, whatever. And I said, oh, are you from Glasgow? And he was just, like, floored. He was just amazed. He was like, you not only realized I was from Scotland, but you told me what city I'm from. <laughs> and he's like, are you sure you're American? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm weird. It's all right. <laughs> uh, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, did you start talking Scottish with him or Scottish accent? Yeah, I think I did a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't help it, right? It's you like natural. Can. It's like yeah. if you're a good communicator, you kind of mirror the person you're talking to. And if yeah. they have an accent, all of a sudden you have an accent. Right, right. Which you have to yeah. be a little careful with, too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've caught myself many times. So at your shows, do you ever go into characters like that? Oh, dude, all the time, 100%. Like, who, who is your top? Who is, who's Usually I'm British or Scottish, man. Playing. Brit- British? Yeah, because my partner's British, right? He's from Northern England, from Sheffield. Oh, so you've got a lot of practice with that. Yeah, like I, I speak more British now, like legitimately, like I use terms now that I would never have used before because I just hear him say these things all the time, right? It's the way he says things. I'll say it like that now. It's just really interesting. A lot of my friends are British here in Taipei, actually. I hang out with a lot of British guys. So Okay, so then, yeah. so then in British, can you tell me... Um, um, <laughs> Use this as a as a uh, as a, a, la- a diving board, a launching pad. Uh, why did you decide to cut your long-haired hippie hippie hair <laughs> in British? Uh, all right, mate. Well, I could tell you about it, but I don't know if I want to reveal that many of my secrets to your listening audience. Right? Um, I'll give you this one though. Um, see what happened was I was like I was looking at myself in pictures, right? And I realized, because I've always, like, when I had my long hair, I always put it up in a bun on the back of my head, right? And as I'm starting to get a little bit older, my hairline is receding a little bit, right? Right, right. And so uh, I realized, like, if I cut my hair, I can actually comb it forward, and it sort of covers up that receding (laughs) hairline a bit. (laughs) Uh, You got a full-on comb forward then. Right, man. I got all the way in the back from the from the bun <laughs> to the eyebrows. Right, you know, like I want you to picture, if you will, like someone whose hairline has gone all the way back behind their ears, and they're just combing that bit of hair all the way forward to their eyebrows. <laughs> no, I don't look like that, but <laughs> one day I will. <laughs> well, you know, even if that hair in the back that you, you comb forward to your eyebrows is gone, you can always grow the, the chesty little squirrely bit and pull that forward as well, can't you? Right, it's true, mate, it's true. I mean, I could even grow my eyebrows face. all the way long like those old Chinese guys, right? And just grow the really <laughs> long eyebrows out and comb those back, right? Sort of like like weave them in the middle, right, on the top of my head there. I've got like a sort of... I don't know what you'd even call it, mate. You'd have to create a new <laughs> sort of... Like antennae. antennae. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I think we've tortured people enough with that. Yeah, man, well, that I think good. so. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I kind of do have those eyebrows. My as I get older, my eyebrows, I, every once in a while, I find them getting out of control. Dude, but, me too. You know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like if I, I have to trim them, like I use little scissors, man. If I don't trim my eyebrows, like they, like like literally, one of my friends, uh, my best friend in Korea, uh, we were riding the bike one time, and he's like, his eyebrow just like started poking him in the eye, and he's like. <laughs> And Christine, my wife, is always like, Brian, you better keep those eyebrows trimmed. You don't want to wipe out on your bike because of your eyebrow hair poking you in the eye. <laughs> Not eyelash, but eyebrow hair? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> eyebrow hair. <laughs> like poking down, like growing out from the eyebrow, curling down like directly into your eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible. No, dude, it's not. Never underestimate yeah <laughs> all right, right dude i better get going well, it's breakfast it's time over here yeah, yeah 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 we'll we'll hit um we'll we'll stop it here and um next time next time i'll get matt and we'll we'll do the uh the three-way call so you guys good, can man. talk about buddhism yeah that sounds today, good but. yeah you mentioned that he's really into the lotus sutra and i looked it up and it looks like it's uh super long like it would be the kind of thing to read over the course of several weeks or months even right um but i'll uh, you're Mm. Your Heart Sutra? Is that your main one? I dude, I, I really like the Heart Sutra. It's like it's super short and it's called the Heart Sutra because it basically like encompasses like the heart of Prajnaparamita, which we can talk about next time. But um yeah, like you know, it, it's one page. It's like a one page sutra. It's super short. Um these days I've been reading the Diamond Sutra as well, which is also pretty short. I think it's like thirty three or thirty four chapters, I think. I I got it right here. I can actually look. Um, in total, yeah, it's like 34 chapters, and um, basically, like, I will read, like, th oh, 32, I'm sorry, 32 chapters, so I will read, like, uh, like three chapters a day, you know, and they're short, like, each chapter is, like, one small page, it's, so it's not, like, these things aren't long, and people think, like, oh, Buddhism, it's, like, so long and heady, and, like, you gotta, like, study so much, and I mean, you got to kind of understand some basic concepts, but once you do, it's, you could just read a little bit every day. And I, I really find that it's, um, yeah, there's like a lot of good stuff in there. Sakyamuni. Sakyamuni, man, that's right. Shijamuni. Shakyamuni Buddha. Shijamuni. Just write a song about Shakyamuni. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. We could. Some Buddhist beats. I mean, uh, at the risk of sounding disrespectful, you know, you could like, you could parody like, you know, the, remember the, the, the Black Crows, Shake Your Money Maker? You could like make an album called Shakyamuni Maker and it could be like, <laughs> like how to become a Buddha, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to throw that into your set list, you know, the Bodhisattva, like um, cross, crossing the river song, whatever it is. I think so. People would like it. I think it'd be cool, man. Yeah. Could even act it out. All right, bro. Some stage stage play. Okay, bro. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. All right, dude. I'm gonna we'll let you go. It was okay. great talking Thank to you, man. Okay, All okay. Right. I'm gonna stop recording. Peace. Have a good day, man. All right. Bye, bye. Bye.